Well, hello, it's probably a while since you heard anything from me. I decided to throw out a little interview I had with Colin, the marketing troll from Iron Crown Enterprises. We talked about Rollmaster, we talked about Harp, talked about Shadow World, talked about Cyrodiil, and we talked about Colin, uh, a bit about his personal background. And I just thought I'd throw this out to anybody who uh, listens on this medium, just in case you're interested with it. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. Cheers. Uh, thanks, Colin. Thanks for joining me. We have a history. I believe we played, geez, when was it, 2015? Was that seven years ago? Oh, it's so depressing. Like, I can't believe I've been at Iron Crown for 10 years. <laughs> just, yeah, 2015 we played together. Yeah, we were playing uh, uh, an RMU beta, I think, uh, that Dakadin had um, had done on Fantasy Grounds, uh, sort of jury-rigged for uh, a gentleman called Chris Seal. I hope Chris is out there. I, I, I speak to him occasionally. Who's the author, I believe, of uh, A Wedding and Axbridge, I think it was, an, an, an Iron Crown module. Okay, first of all, uh, if you just want to just say a little bit about yourself, then I'm going to ask you a question, which are the Grognard Files, which if you ever get a chance to listen to that podcast, by the way, they're, um, they're, they're, they're quite good. I'll ask you that question yourself. So, Colin, what he asks a lot of the, his guests, and they've got, you know, some, some good guesses, they say, he says... How did you get into role playing? Um, oh, that is a good question, and I'm I'm nervous about the answer because I don't think anyone's going to like it. So I'm quite new to role playing. When I was very young, I used to play Warhammer Forty Thousand with my with my brother, and unfortunately, by like I was so young, I didn't understand the rules. And by the time I was old enough to know the rules and know my brother had been cheating, he didn't want to play anymore. Um, so, and then I didn't really, that's the closest I came to role-playing as a young person, um, until 10 years ago when I saw an advert for, for Iron Crown and I applied for it. I'd always, I'd always been really interested. I remember when I was in, in primary school for any American listeners, I don't know what the equivalent is over there, but when I was about six or seven, I went to, I went to a guy at school's house and he wasn't my friend. I don't know why I went to his house, but he showed me like a, a print off of different things that you could buy in D and D, and I was amazed by it, and I kept it. It might still be in my drawer somewhere. But I kept it for such a long time because I thought it was brilliant. I just, quite sadly, I just never had the friends that were into it to, to play until, yeah, until ten years ago, Iron Crown came along. So, the honest answer is, I think I've never played anything that wasn't made by Iron Crown, but I think that's soon to change because. I've got a friend that's going to run a game of the new Alien RPG. Oh, okay. I mean, do you game at the moment or are you just too busy? Because I, mean, I know you, you've, you've got sort of several spinning plates, don't you? So Yeah, it's, uh, at the moment I'm not playing beyond this, this Alien uh, RPG that's supposed to be coming up. Um, I've got a friend who uh, loves D&D and wants to play a game of D&D, but it's D&D, who can be bothered? Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to get him to get him into role master or harp or something yeah um and i re- i say recently it's probably about a year or two ago now um played in a game that is shared on the discord um on the ice discord there's uh, a channel for for videos that people do on twitch i was a, i was a cameo in one of those for, for a very short period Ah, okay. I think you played in the campaign that I played in for a, for a little while for a few few bits run by uh, Stuart. I, by, uh, I think you were in it, yeah. The one yeah, with Stuart. That, yeah, yeah. AK yeah. Ancelis. So, um, you know, you said you uh you saw an advert for Iron Crown. What was the job description, and where where did they advertise that ten years ago? 
I, I couldn't tell you what the job description was. <laughs> they were looking for someone to do the marketing. And I was young and enthusiastic and had a, a really great boss at the time because I was, at the time, I was employed working for, I think it's okay to say this, working for quite a shady stockbrokers. <laughs> um, but the, is, the boss was is, is there any other kind? <laughs> is there any other kind? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but my boss there was brilliant, and he sort of said to me, "You know what? Go out, um, learn, learn new skills, take on new jobs, take on new opportunities. Like, just just do it all at once to get better." Um, so I was sort of just searching around, and it was actually on Gumtree that I saw the advert, and I thought to myself, "You know what? I've always, I've always loved." that sort of thing. I've always wanted to get into role-playing games. I've always, you know, been into sort of geeky things like, like Tolkien and fantasy and sci-fi and things like that. And I thought I'd apply for it. And I was as surprised as anyone when I got the job. So <laughs> here we are 10 years later. What did they get you to do initially? And how's that sort of that role grown as time goes by? Because I know right now you sort of like, I think you're right into art direction, but before, before that, I mean, what did you start off with and how has, how has it progressed as time's gone by? I think initially it started mostly with sort of social media and a, a little bit of sort of blogs on the website and managing the website and things like that. And I think when I when I came into it, I was really nervous and I probably sent Nicholas a few too many emails and reports about what I was doing and how I was doing it. Um, and since then, it's just sort of, it's just grown quite naturally into, excuse me, me doing pretty much anything and everything. I'm always open to new ideas of how Iron Crown can better how we can better interact with our fans and followers and how we can reach new audiences so at the moment I do um, a lot more sort of stuff in terms of the website like I'm beavering away at trying to get the old Guild Companion files up on the website uh, and making sort of a replacement for the the archive on the forum uh, that people can just sort of dip into and find lots of really interesting and useful stuff uh, but as you mentioned, on top of that, I do the art direction for, I think, everything. Uh, and I'm also writing an adventure set in Cyrodiil uh, for Harp, uh, having sort of recently finished writing the Harp Beast during and seeing that released. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, is art something to do with your background? Because uh, I, I do not have an artistic bone in my body. I could not tell you the right combination of colours. If my, my art is so rudimentary that I go, if it looks like a photo, it must be good art. You know, I'm terrible like that. I'm, I'm one of those strange people, which is, which I sort of fell into, into marketing. I, at university, I studied script writing for film and television. So that had, you know, loads of real world job applications there. But so I sort of came from a writerly background and fell into sort of copywriting for the shady stockbrokers. But I think I'm the perfect person for marketing because I'm a terrible mix of mathematics and science uh, and art and literature. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. And, and I don't <laughs> think that's an insult. I think it's good to be a jack of all trades. It lends itself quite well. Also, I think you sort of overestimate quite my involvement in the art. It tends to work that I sort of look. So my process is to look through the book and sort of sketch it out where art is needed and which pages or how the chapters unfold and things like that. And then to try desperately to come up with an idea for an image that isn't, you know, ripped off of something else or just really naff and rubbish and try and come up with new ideas and new suggestions. The brilliance of the art is all down to the artists. I'm, I'm 
I'm never sure whether I'm too prescriptive with them in terms of saying, oh, I've got this idea for this image, or whether I'm not prescriptive enough in terms of just saying, I want a picture of a goblin up a tree eating fish. <laughs> you know, I, I really should ask them whether they think that's good or not. <laughs> I mean, how's that been? Because you've obviously got to learn as you're going along. So what's the learning curve been like on that? It's It's been really difficult. Um, I think it's tough... It's tough to know where the line is. My brother's an animator, and so I see sort of firsthand how hard and and how you know sort of difficult the job is, and how hard my brother pushes himself, and how hard artists have to work to make a living, and things like that. And unfortunately, Iron Crown doesn't have huge budgets for these things. You know, I'm often emailing artists and saying, you know, I'm sorry we can't work together. It's just we haven't got that much budgets. It's not that your art. You know, we would love to have your art. Your art's brilliant. It it it's worth more than this, but this is all we've got. Um, and managing managing those relationships and sort of understanding, you know, finding a way of getting the best out of people without pushing them too hard and without being rude. Because I know we haven't got great budgets, so I I tend to think, you know, what if we give them longer time to do the art, then perhaps the budgets the lower budgets are, are more acceptable to them. But that might not be the case. I love it. I I think it's brilliant. Um, I love seeing the artwork come in and it's really exciting. But I'm also incredibly nervous because if something comes in that isn't quite what I envisaged, I you know, it's heartbreaking to go back to someone and say, oh, can you change this? Or, you know, sometimes I won't. And I just think, oh, I'm going to get it in the neck for that on the forums later. <laughs> I mean, you are definitely one of the most accessible people in Iron Crown, so that's double-edged sword for you, unfortunately, isn't it? Because it's good that you've got that good touch with the customers, but also you've got the people of this world who uh, are probably not going to be happy with anything, uh, or at least something that you've done. It, it is brilliant. Like, I, if if I could, and I say this to anyone that would listen, if anyone wants to pay me to work for Iron Crown full time, it would be amazing because. The fans are brilliant. I know I complain a lot about, you know, people getting upset about RMU and people getting upset about artwork and writing and different bits and pieces. But for the most part, it's just wonderful to be part of that community. And it's wonderful to to form relationships with with people that, you know, I, I, I will probably never meet. You know, Terry was a great example. It was a yeah. it was a great a great honor to have interacted with terry and to to work with terry in the very small ways that i did when you look at all the amazing things that terry's been a part of and that terry's done um and it was a, a shock and a sad loss to all of us oh god yeah yeah I, 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 it was really every every part of community that, I was, that i'm part of was just, you're absolutely shocked and you know it's a great loss you know a great guy yeah um, it really was it was lovely so you've mentioned uh, if somebody could pay you, you know, full time to work for Iron Crown, that'd be great. And, you know, and talking with the community and uh, I imagine they ask you uh, all the time uh, about when's R RMU out. Now, I think I could probably say that you're probably going to say hopefully sometime this year. Maybe that's where the money's going to come from. Maybe it will just be more popular than fifth edition. God, I'd, I wouldn't that'd be fantastic if that was the case. And there'd be money for everybody. It would be fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I think RMU is going to be brilliant. I hope lots of people buy it. I hope it's going to be fantastic. I think it would be unrealistic of me to expect that you know this is going to be the thing that launches us up to to Hasbro standards. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's a it's a long road ahead. 
um, if that's where we if that's where we want to go. Um, but as for when RMU is coming out, we when we went to Dragon Meet in December, um, mm-hmm. I love going to Dragon Meet. It's a shame, shame we didn't see you there, Steve. Um, but it's the one time of a year that I I have Nicholas to myself for you know <laughs> almost an entire day and can just drill gr- grill him on different questions and bits and pieces. And we got lots of questions at Dragon Meet, and Nicholas's answer was, "It will be out this year." The artwork is all done for arms law and character law and spell law. Treasure law is almost through commissioning, uh, and I'm working on character law, and character law on creature law in terms of getting the artwork done for that. One thing I don't know is which books Nicholas is willing to release without the others. So I suspect he might release characters and arms and spell and maybe treasures all at the same time. Right. And then hold them for creatures if it's not ready. Uh, but he definitely wants to sort of release as many of them together as he can. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm inexperienced in this kind of field, but that makes sense to me because I'd like, you know, to get my hands on the whole system so I can play it. And then, like you say, with, with the creatures, I could probably jury rig from previous versions uh, and then when the actual creatures comes out i would obviously like to to buy that yeah. but yeah I think creatures is now going to be two books so maybe he'll release it with the first book and then the second book will come out later and that's hundreds of pages right that creatures one uh yeah i haven't i haven't even got through it in terms of looking uh sort of as i say i, I look through the the thing and then decide which which bits need art and where uh yeah it's it's just going to be massive so if somebody uh was on the forums going why is it still not done yet it's basically because you're gonna to have to take the time with this on the art because of uh the sheer amount of art that's in there and uh obviously you could had a giant budget you could probably what have uh, tens of artists on the go i mean do you have like a pool of i mean how many artists are you actually using at the moment so i would say i've got about i'd say i've got a list of maybe 15 that i'm that i'm sort of using and happy to use yeah but at any given time, you know, five to ten of them might be too busy to take anything on or might have, you know, for whatever reason, can't work on this. I can't do that. Or And the the problem is, is because we're sort of at the lower end of, of, of the budgets for art, mm-hmm. we, we lose a lot of artists off the top end because they go, actually, I'm now, you know, commanding a lot more money for my art. So this is a bit beneath me. So I've got to sort of constantly be finding new artists. And so you find them, they're good. You get them up and running, you do some art and then... You know they're 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 moving on to the next biggest thing, and I've got to find some more artists. It's got to be hard, especially then, because you've been, uh, I imagine, constantly quizzed on when's it out, when's it out, and it's hard to say. I imagine with something like this. And I don't think I don't think even I understood the um, the the amount of stuff that that goes into it. So <clears throat> to sort of talk people through it, you know. The, the writing, a lot of time was taken over the writing because for obvious reasons, we want to make sure that this is as good as it can be and is the, the perfect version of RMU and is the, the the version of Rollmaster that everyone gets behind moving forward. Yeah. But then after that, you need to go to art and, and layout. And I think around the time that we started finishing RMU, we started losing a lot of um, a lot of our layout people, you know, Terry did layout, but obviously was doing a bit less and less. And we lost a lot of the artists that we had formerly worked with through, you know, either them going off the top end of the budgets and then we couldn't afford them anymore or they just stopped doing art or for whatever reason. And so I feel like one thing that people may or may not be aware of is that there was a period just before we sort of started working on this where it was kind of an entirely new team. So we've now got a new person doing layout. We've got me doing art. 
I think Nicholas quite rightly has started us on projects that are maybe not quite so high profile and is now sort of we're now in the throes of doing RMU proper. Would you see then, Colin, RMU as the flagship product for uh, for Iron Crown? I think so. Yeah, I think I I would I love Harp. I'm sort of all into Harp. And so I would love to see Harp go great places, but I don't think Harp has ever or possibly will ever have the following of Rollmaster. And I think the idea is that once RMU's up and running, it, to an extent, it stops the, you know, RM Classic, RMFRP, you know, SS, RMX. It stops the, the version wars, hopefully. And it's just like, right, come on, we're getting behind RMU and then we can just churn out loads and loads of cool stuff for RMU and just hopefully, you know, use that moving forward. I have, if I look to my left here on my shelf of um, shame that I haven't played, I was at uh, Dragon Meet one year, and uh, have, you, have any of you these listings ever seen Colin? He's over six foot. And uh, and then I was with uh, uh, Chris Seal, who's the GM at the time, who's also over six foot. And I think the two of them said, you should try Harp. And I just looked up at them, because I'm only about five foot seven. I went, oh, okay. So I bought Harp SF and uh, Harp vehicle things. But other than looking at the critical tables, because, you know, critical tables is brilliant for Iron Crown, um, I've not played it much. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Colin, because I will say, you know, you're not, it, it's hard for you to sort of like uh, maybe uh, sum up Harp in a, in, a, in a few sentences. But, I mean, if somebody's listening, somebody like myself, what what would you say is going for Harp? Because I know there's a magic system which is quite good, quite innovative. Um. <laughs> I put, I can only I put you on the spot, haven't I? Sorry. You really <laughs> Okay, look, give us some thought at some point. Maybe this is, I mean, I don't, I, I, the whole point of this uh, talk, obviously, was just to, just to really just, just chat to you, really, to see what's going on. Um, so I don't want to put you on the spot. About what's the thing? Um, you've been working on Cyrodiil, is that right? Yeah. Would that be um, easier to talk about? Yeah, I can talk about Cyrodiil all day long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, the problem with trying to explain Harp is that I can only... I can only explain it in terms of Rollmaster. Like, so I can say, oh, you know, Harp is this, where Rollmaster is that. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, it's got criticals, right? So, because I've definitely seen those. It's got criticals. It's, it, in very basic terms, it's kind of a simplification of of Rollmaster. It's, a lot of people say, you know, it was born out of out of Merp and it's it's an attempt to to sort of take what was great about Merp and put it into, into a product. Okay. The spell... Um, system as you, the magic system as you said is is very different in terms of it's it's not lists it's individual spells and you can sort of power up those spells by putting more power points into them you can make blast radiuses bigger you can reach further you can do stuff like that it's got the critical tables that everyone loves character creation is is simplified and easier and um, the spell costs are just i'm forgetting all the words that i need to remember now uh, two or four i i mean it sounds like there's there's some kind of interchangeability between that and, and RM. I mean, there's a bunch, I think, of Harp Adventures out. I mean, could they, by any chance, be, like, restatted for RMU when that comes out? Yeah, and that's that's sort of the plan. So the most recent, which was released yesterday, so everyone go to Drive Through RPG and search for Harp Garden of Rain, which is uh, very recently released, released yesterday in print, um, oh, this adventure. is going to sound like some marketing thing now. It literally was released yesterday, was it? <laughs> it, was. Um, it was released yesterday in print. Um, and I think that is started for Harp, uh, Rollmaster Classic, and Rollmaster FRP. Um, and I think 
the idea moving forward is to you know when we get an adventure to just sort of stat it for everything and even if even if we don't you know maybe we release a little addendum on the website that's sort of like a here, here's the stats for for rmu for that harp adventure or whatever um yes yeah, so that's that's per- the plan personally i think that's a great idea i mean yeah. i'm looking here i've made a note here one of the questions i was going to ask you about was the f- i mean i play fantasy grounds quite a lot and i play obviously i mean i think if you're playing Rollmaster and you're not playing on Fantasy Grounds, you're, you're missing out on a lot of automation. Um, Jeremy, aka uh, Dakadin, has done a fantastic job. Uh, and one thing I've got here is about do you, I think he is going to be working on a Fantasy Grounds rule set for RMU. I've definitely heard him say that, um, geez, maybe about a, a few months back. Is that, I mean, I probably should ask him, but do you know, is he still working on that? Yes, yeah, so my understanding, and I'm I will always say that anything I say about Iron Crown comes with a pinch of salt because I'm just me and uh, sometimes I struggle to to catch up with Nicholas as much as anyone else does. But my understanding is that Dakadin has the RMU rule set um, and that he was given it when it was completed or so near completion as there were going to be no major changes to anything. Uh, and that he is underway in putting that rule set that rule set together. Gotcha. Um he he may tell me otherwise because <laughs> I think there's like um there's character sheets I think for Roll Twenty I think for Roll Master now I'm sure I've seen that as well not seen much on Foundry but I, mean, I suppose if if RME brought in a bit of money hopefully there'd be you know some money there available to sort of make it more widely available for virtual tabletops because I live in the on the R side of nowhere in Norfolk so uh, I don't have a lot of uh, people near me who can who can play uh, so VTT to me are really a, a real godsend so it'd be nice for more support that way um, if that's just my personal wish list I mean I'm... <laughs> it's a difficult one we you're right if if I could wave a magic wand I would have you know a, a massive rule set on on foundry and on roll 20 and just have everything on every vtt because I, I agree with you i think i think they're the way forward um i've very rarely played uh in real life it's always been over some sort of you know the computer-based system yeah um but the, the the problem is just finding people who who can do that work and finding a workable way of monetizing it if that makes sense so yeah. i I know Fantasy Grounds. I love Fantasy Grounds, like you said. The work Dakadin has done is amazing, and it's just it's just so easy and brilliant to play on Fantasy Grounds. I don't know enough about Roll Twenty or Foundry to say, okay, this is this is how we're going to you know charge people for the rule set, or this is how we're going to go to market with it. And the the problem is, if there's no money in it, essentially we're giving the game away for free. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, and I know there's there's a lot of things to be said for that, you know, because we get more fans than maybe then they buy, you know, we'd see more sales in physical books if there's more fans, um, blah, blah, blah. But they're not decisions for me to take. They're, they're Nicholas's decisions. And so, yeah, we need to think about how but, we're going to how we're gonna monetize things like that. I mean, I'd say on the fantasy grounds, paying for the RM rule set, you're not gouged. I mean, in, I think, I don't know what it's in, in currency and wherever people are listening, but I think it's about 20 quid. And I don't think, didn't think that was too bad, really, um, for, for a rule system. I mean, you pay a lot more for other rule systems, a hell of a lot more. Yeah, and that's that's one of the, the brilliant things about working for Iron Crown is that Nicholas has always said, you know, he's not he's not trying to make huge profits with the book. He's happy to sell the book, sort of, especially sort of print copies. We sell them at cost with a tiny bit extra on top. So, and and I think that's a good a good way to be. You know, we've got a dedicated fan base who who love the love the products, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to price them out of the market. We want them to have 
everything that we put out we want them to carry on being fans and if we can attract some new fans while we're doing that all the better yeah that'd, that'd be great um i promise you i haven't got a hit list here it's just that i'd, I'd made a note here about said fantasy grounds rule set um and then i've got the next thing is adventures so i've always said about you could maybe start adventures for rmu um do you know there's going to be because i'll buy the rule set and then i might sort of go oh is there any adventures out for this uh, i could probably restart the heart ones but do you know if there's any plans for like rmu specific type adventures which could lead you on to talk about Siren, actually colin if, if, you, if you want to we seem to whiz past it than the one thing that i was prepared <laughs> yeah no no don't worry um, so, tell us about the adventures and, and then maybe because we need a setting and um you know shadow world sometimes i find quite daunting now luckily my gm uh, that i play with quite regularly is he knows it very very well and we've got a couple of very knowledgeable players of shadow world but i have played in syridan i think we played in syridan uh, a while back and i quite yeah, yeah. I, I have like a, a kind of a like for that as well so tell us about adventures and then tell us about syridan if you don't mind um so in terms of rmu adventures the all I can tell you, which isn't particularly helpful, is that I have often heard Nicholas say that when he releases RMU, he wants there to be like a, a, a slew of products come out after it, which includes um, a lot of adventures. I, I can't tell you more than that because I don't really know because all of the all of the writing side of stuff goes through Nicholas and only comes to me when it's finished. Um, so I would assume that there's something in the pipeline. It hasn't quite reached me yet. In terms of your, your point on Shadow World is... I sort of agree with you. I find Shadow World a bit scary because there's just there's so much of it, and it's so it's so deep and it's so brilliant. It sort of feels a bit like trespassing when you sort of you think about putting your thoughts into that world because it's so you know it's so rich and it's so Terry's world. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I'm not really sure. I, I think the plan is to to release RMU stats for Shadow World products. Whether that means asking someone else to sort of look at it and maybe rewrite bits of it and and then do the stats or whether it will just be an addendum sort of shadow world stats or just a sort of standalone product that, that sort of does as much of it as you can. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, been released already, but Iron Crown, sorry to cut across you, Colin, is, um, is uh, I know that in uh, other gaming systems they have another one i mean i can i probably mention it. it's runequest it's grantha it's the same issues like grantha is supposed to be massive it put, put me off playing it but i think recently they've done like a kind of like a starter set where they've really boxed it into a small area i mean i don't know if that that kind of thing is for shadow world but maybe that might be something that could be considered in the in the future yeah yeah and it's i think i think the shadow world question is a bigger one in terms of what what we do going forwards in, in terms of maintaining terry's legacy and and moving forward with it because it's it's genuinely loved by so many people, including people that don't necessarily play Rollmaster. Right. Um, that decision is for bigger brains than me, I'm afraid. So, go on, tell us about Cyrodiil. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Cyrodiil. <laughs> um, so, Cyrodiil, as you said, we. So, if if Chris Seal is listening, Chris Seal was the GM of the game that um, me and Steve played together for. It must have been. It was a good two or three years, wasn't it? We played together. Yeah, it was. Hi, Chris. Um, 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 it was it was set in a small island off of the island of Syridan. So Syridan is the is the name of the island uh, in the world of Mithra, and Chris Seal set his in a place called Kerglace. Yes, yeah, Kerglace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my understanding is that Chris is working on releasing that as, as a setting module for the Syridan setting. 
Um, so if Chris is listening, Chris, get working on it because I'm excited to see it. We played in there for years. I want I want to see the product. I want to play in it again. I also the this is a slight aside, and the fans are probably the people listening are probably going to be by this. But I was so pleased with the way that adventure ended that I want to I want to see Chris put it into his into his book and into his product. Yeah. And I believe I believe that it ended with my character building a shrine to to your character who sadly who sadly died halfway through the adventure. A noble sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Cyrodiil. <clears throat> so Cyrodiil, the setting is finished. It was it was already finished, and Nicholas asked me to rewrite it for the new version of Harp because Harp had a bit of an overhaul um, a while back. And so to sort of to restat things and add things in that were missing and so on and so forth. And so I, I did that, and it was, it was difficult because Cyrodiil, I think I'm right in saying, was sort of created by Nicholas. So there was quite a pleasure to sort of, to not <laughs> smash up his work. <laughs> um, and so I did that, and Nicholas said, "Okay, and I, I also want you to do these introductory adventures, which again existed in a form, but he wanted to make them because they were for conventions. They'd been sort of created with the idea of going to conventions and and, and playing convention games." Uh, so he wanted to sort of round them out and make them a bit more foursome. And he said, he's not going to release Cyrodiil until I finish the adventures. Oh. And however many years on, I now understand entirely why, because having written the adventures, I've now had to go back to Cyrodiil and go, right, I understand more about this place now. I need to rewrite this. And I'm also a lot less precious about smashing up Nicholas's work now. So <laughs> I've gone back and I'm just, I'm just going to rewrite this whole section because this bit doesn't doesn't work for me anymore. Wow, and he's your boss, so uh, that's brave. One of our many conversations at Dragon Meet this year was me essentially saying to him, you know, I've, I've, I've come to the realisation that actually the adventures, I can just write what I want and then I'll change Cyrodiil. And he was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, don't feel you've got to stick to my vision of Cyrodiil. So it's, it's becoming a bit more my vision these days. And so there's going to be like a, a big Cyrodiil setting book coming? There's a big Cyrodiil setting book coming. The the text, I need to make a few changes, but is is pretty much there. Uh, and then almost immediately afterwards, there will be an adventure set in Cyrodiil, which will be released. Uh, and that's what I'm currently working on. And that is not finished yet. Um, it, it's a difficult one because because I'm, I'm essentially freelance. Well, I am freelance. So... You know, I, I work for Iron Crown X number of hours and I get paid X amount and another company X number of hours and I get paid X amount. Mm-hmm. With the writing, I don't get paid until it's finished. Right. So it's it, it's never my priority, no matter how much I want it to be. You know, my wife would kill me if I spent all my time writing and had no money at the end of the month. You have a young uh, child as well, don't you? I do. I've now got... Uh, Three-year-old and a six-month-old. Oh, you got another one. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. So that's no, you've the... missed a lot of in the last couple of years. <laughs> so that's eating up your time as well. Um, okay, yeah. look, I, I've got no other notes that I've made here. That's about it, really. So is there anything you want to sort of add to any of the uh, the, t- the 10 listeners? I, I, I'm lying. I've actually looked at the, the podcast downloads. There are literally thousands of downloads now, which is pretty nice. You know, there's still people listening and, and, and listening about... Uh, iron crown products what's your, what's your podcast i should have listened before i came on really but but what do you, do you normally just talk about ice products or no not at all i mean it's actually been an actual play it was a role master one we did an adventures in middle earth one but uh, looking at the number of downloads the uh role master one was by far the most uh the most 
downloaded. And the channel I have was just then just uh, the recordings of the Fantasy Grounds. And that channel view's got 20,000 views. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's nice to know there's people out there because I don't really push that much. I've not had anything over a year. I think what really helped there was uh, like a how-to guide of how to use uh, Fantasy Grounds. But, yeah, it's nice that there's uh, there's actually an audience out there um, still because I think that's... a, a I'd be nicer. I wish more people would talk about Iron Crown because when I listen to other podcasts, they always uh, seem to be a bit disparaging about how grindy Rollmaster is, and uh, and you sort of think, is it really though? I mean, you're making a roll, you're adding your skill, and you're adding some modifiers. Aren't they all like that? Yeah, and I, I get that. It's it's one of my sort of frustrations is that part of my job is sort of keeping up with what people are saying. And you know, I've got I've got alerts if anyone. It's quite creepy when you think about it. But if anyone on Twitter mentions Rollmaster, it you know brings it to my attention. And yeah, <laughs> sometimes like let me just say this to any listeners. You know, words hurt. Guys. Sometimes I get I get quite upset with the amount of nasty things people say. Um, I want to create a a gif. I need to I need to sit down and do it one day because I think it's hilarious. I want to create a gif of Cher singing, um, I think it's Walking in Memphis, where she says, uh, words are like weapons, they move, they wound sometimes. And basically, I want that in the bank. And whenever anyone says anything mean about Rollmaster, I'm just going to post that uh, and walk away. Um, <laughs> I imagine people get very bored of that very quickly. Yeah. Though there are a few people out there. There's a, a podcast called Frankenstein's RPG, and definitely the criticals got in there. From um from Iron Crown System, so that that was nice. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times he was getting derided for, for actually uh, talking about you know, even for character creation. But I, I don't think it's that grindy, and I imagine most of our listeners don't feel that way either. Um, so if there's anybody out there, go and do a podcast on this. Have a have a weekly talk on Iron Crown stuff. I'll I'll definitely uh, subscribe to it. And 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 let us know. Like so, this is this is the message that uh so the few things that I want to talk about. Number one is if anyone is interested in playing Rollmaster, if anyone loves Rollmaster but hasn't got a game going. Uh, look at Fantasy Grounds, as we've already mentioned, it's brilliant. And look at Steve's uh, videos about how to on Fantasy Grounds because they're brilliant. I love them. Uh, they're on the Iron Crown website if you dig far enough. And yeah, so if you're into it, go and do that. Um, also, if you're into to Iron Crown, join join the Discord server. There's always a lot of you know big talk about various bits and pieces in there, and very few fights that I have to break up, which is which is always a plus. Um, <laughs> And don't let societal pressures get to you. Rollmaster is cool. Iron Crown is cool. I often complain to my wife that the the guys in uh, Big Bang Theory play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, they wouldn't play Dungeons and Dragons. They play they play Rollmaster. Yeah, they play like yeah, definitely, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to add before we can leave it there? Um, no, just a, a thank you to to Steve uh, for the for the podcast. Uh, and keep in touch, man. We, we don't we don't talk enough. No, absolutely. I was exactly thinking that. I thought, well, I'll make it up to Dragon Meat this year. I'll definitely will. Yeah. All right, Colin. Well, thanks very much for that, and uh, I'll, I'll catch you another time. Yep. And thanks for all the listeners. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. I'll catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>